Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello, hello. Roche is here checking out a takeout menu. Hello. Yes. And we are joined once again by Chimdi. How are you, my man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Nice to be Thank on again. Thank you for again. joining us. Yes, Thank yes, you for joining yes. us. Thanks for letting me in. I am once again surrounded by three United fans, but will somehow make my way. <laughs> three United way fans. This. Three semifinal losses. Came third. It's a magic number, mate. Uh, <laughs> it really is. I thought it was Chelsea that, that <laughs> Chelsea got three on their shirts and everything. You know, I thought that was the thing. But apparently beat beat Chelsea guys. three right. times out of four, too. So, you know, it just adds to that. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Champions League. What, what is this? Like a QAnon <laughs> forum? <laughs> <laughs> just drawing links all over the place. Um, man, it's been a week. It's been a week. I, let, let me start by saying I quite like this one leg thing. Yeah, I do too. Huh? I do too. I think they should, if they can adopt it, that would be great. I mean, obviously, the problem is that, you know, two legs is more money. So my guess is they weren't. But honestly, it's been fun. It's been fun. Um, so let's go to the, let's go immediately to the Champions League. Bayern Munich 8, Barcelona 2. Um, Roche, as someone yes. who's not at all a fan of Barcelona, to put it mildly, uh, and you explain that if you like, uh, what, what did you feel about <laughs> this game? Because I remember Mohamed predicted that they would score, that Bayern would score six, and you were shocked by that prediction when you made it. Well, I, I do recall making bold predictions myself, but I make bold predictions almost every game, so it's hard to say that you know I called it in advance or anything. But I mean, I checked the score when it was four-two in the sixtieth minute or so in this game, and you know I, I thought, okay, well, four-two, this kind of makes sense. You know, Bayern's better. You know, it, it, it seems to be even, except you know, clearly Bayern has a better offense, and Barca has a weak defense over here. But then between the 60th minute and the full-time whistle, it ended up being 8-2. And, you know, in my lifetime, I have not seen Barcelona concede eight goals in a game. And this Barcelona, this messy Barcelona conceding eight goals in a game, my goodness me, I mean, I was completely blown away. Like, I think, I, I, I think you know, I, I've reacted in such a way that I'm thinking, okay, 8-2, 8-2. The last time we saw this was when United thrashed Arsenal in 2011. But, you know, honestly, I'm going to relive the scoreline every every couple of days. Like, every three or four days go by, I'm going to be like, hey, guys, did you remember the 8-2? Where, where were you? Were you there? What were you doing? Because I was like, wow, seventh heaven. I could eight be heaven. wrong, but did, did Bayern not beat Spurs 8-2 in the group stage? Like, is this oh, the was, second time they scored... Oh, seven? Okay. Well, they got a seven, they got eight. Maybe they'll win the final nine. Uh, Chimdi, what did you make of this this absolute catastrophe for Barcelona? I was surprised. I know they're an aging squad, but I didn't, like, it didn't register to me that they could be beaten this bad, like this comprehensively. But then when you look at it, okay, they're good. They're good enough to be, they came second this year in La Liga, right? Good enough to come second, whatever. But there are, like, this game showed all the holes they have. Suarez is not as quick as he used to be. Messi, we've known he's not as quick as, I mean, he has burst, but he's not, like, on it like he used to be. Um, midfield, Vidal, who else they have? De Jong is a bright spark as a young kid, but, you know, he's he's alone there. Vidal is not helping him. And Biscuits, old also. Uh, defense. You have Longley, who should not be on, on the pitch, um, unfortunately. Um, who was next to him? So you had P- yeah, PK. PK, yes. PK, Alba, Semedo, Longley. Yeah, no. That no <laughs> doesn't sound right. Uh, Semedo, actually, I was shocked at how appalling he was. Everything <laughs> came down his side. They rinsed him up and down. Not even just the uh, Davies element, but just in general. Even when... Uh, Coutinho came on. Coutinho was having his field day on the left side. Um, you know, all those things. So, it just showed the holes in their game. And it's just sad to see. And I, I keep say, trying to say it in my other group chat or my other chats, but, like, every time Messi's in this position, he literally shrivels away. And you see, like, not even half the player he is. You see less than half. He does, nothing comes off. You know, after 6-0, there was a time when he had 6-2 or whatever. He had, he had the ball 
and he couldn't even get the ball out of his feet to make a pass, and it was stolen off stolen off him by somebody. Somebody like someone came from somebody ran back from like the front line and took the ball off him and ran back up and they scored again. Like that doesn't happen with Ronaldo. He, he may not have the ball to have them take it off him, but I feel like Ronaldo would do more to get back in the game than like see how frustrated he was to that two one loss, and it wasn't like. You know they were getting bossed around. He was just—I don't know. Messi is disappointing. I'm not, I'm not sure if letting Roche go after this is the right thing to do. <laughs> uh, but, well, Bernie, like this is—you know—I wasn't expecting to have to do this, but can I draft you in to defend the world's best player right now? <laughs> I mean, a couple years ago, I would have slandered the hell out of him for this. Uh, listen, I, I, Ronaldo is my favorite player even though he has very big issues, which we know about. Um, but uh, <laughs> Alex, it's a hard place for me to be at. But I'll say this. I don't think this is Messi's fault. I, I don't think that's what Chindi is even saying. I think Messi could not do anything more than what he could do. And I think at some point he had to say, you know, this was over. You know, I think even after 3-1, you knew it was over. And it's Bayern Munich. There's nothing that's going to happen. Um, would Ronaldo have allowed this? I don't know. Like, that I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure I even like that's some that's path I want to go down. I just think that Messi's the best player in the world, best player I've ever seen. I hate to say it, but like if Griezmann can't get into the team, that's on Setien and on Griezmann. If Dembele, who's 130 million, can't get into the team, that's on Dembele and on Barcelona. To me, what this represented was a structural failure from top to bottom. And 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 yes, I'll say that Messi did not show up. Absolutely, he didn't show up. He did not have a good game, but he's allowed to not have a good game. But the whole Barcelona structure failed Barcelona, and it was on full display because Bayern Munich are the best run club in the world. And that was the difference in these two, two teams. One is horrendously run, and the other is well run, and that's an 8-2 eight, eight de- uh, deficit. Yeah, so I'm going to agree with the end of what Bernie said. Um, you know, Barcelona are terribly run, Bayern Munich are very well run. But honestly... You look at the start of the squads, and Thomas Muller is a, has been a Bayern Munich player for a very, very long time, flying under the radar. Meanwhile, we have Lionel Messi. Week in, week out, everyone says Messi, 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 hala Messi, or whatever crap. But Thomas Muller in this game, he was way better than anybody else on the field. Honestly, he was godlike. If you watch Thomas Muller's individual highlights in this game, he was so good. I mean, the whole Bayern team, top to bottom. Look at Alfonso Davies when he absolutely rinsed Nelson Semedo and exposed him for the fraud that he actually is, and I've been calling this for months, Nelson Semedo's garbage, <laughs> Alfonso Davies, absolutely, it was an iconic Champions League moment. It actually reminded me of Redondo versus United in 2000 with that, with that insane back heel where he rounded him. Alfonso Davies, oh my God, he broke my ankles when I was watching it. Yeah, I mean, they, they were absolutely brilliant. As bad as Barcelona were, it's always hard to tell how good someone is when, you know, when the opposition is this bad. And Barcelona were horrendous. And Nelson Semedo has been horrendous for years. One thing that, that Mohamed uh, often brings up is like, how is Semedo still Barcelona's right back? Like, Danny Alves was a long time ago. They tried Sergio Roberto there. That didn't work. They bought Nelson Semedo. He hasn't been good for two years. They've done nothing else. Like, they just let it happen. It's, it's extremely what was, weird. What was the reason Alves left again? Uh, they didn't... Well, so I th- there was a contract dispute. They wanted to extend it, but I think he was insulted by the offer or something like that. Also, he had a disagreement with someone on the board, and so he just kind of said, I, I'm leaving. Well, I think that goes back to the same problem, right? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. Danny Alves' issues go back to the board. So... Whatever, whatever it is we say, essentially, right? It goes back to the board, but um, we, we, can, we can talk about Barcelona and how poor they were, and Semedo absolutely was shaped nail on the head. It was garbage. Um, but I, I'm, I'm also more, I'm more impressed by Bayern Munich than I am disappointed in Barcelona. Like, Hansi Flick, I was reading something where they were talking about, essentially, all the, 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 the Bayern Munich players quoted him as, well, quoted, were quoted as saying, all he did was just not be an asshole. <laughs> like, that's, that's, Vibes that's, initialize what you're saying. Well, I'm getting there, but that's what they said. That he's just not an asshole. And if that's what you get, the performance of not being an asshole, then <laughs> bring it what, up. Absolutely. What was his job before this? Like, well, where was he? He was just uh, assistant coach at Germany? He was the, he was Bayern's assistant, yeah. So, so, Bayern assistant also? Yeah, so he was assistant to Kovac when they sacked Kovac. Oh, 
Well, before that, he was just uh, uh, Yogi Love's um, assistant, right? I actually didn't know that. Yeah, yes, he, he was, was on the bench. He was on the bench for the seven-two game in the seven-one game in Brazil. Yeah. Ah, okay. So he basically just went right, Muller. Do do what you did. Then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Because Muller was like the, the chief instigator of that result too. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just trying to establish the vibes and inshallah verdict that he's. Well, I tell you what, like I th- I think a lot more clubs are going for this because. You know, we, they they didn't play, so we wouldn't talk about them otherwise. But Juventus appointed under Pirlo this week, and if if there is a, a greater example of vibes and inshallah than that, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, the man's literally never coached a game. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm unfortunately, unfortunately, and unfortunately, these vibes and inshallah type selections. One, I mean, I think the world is just moving into getting younger coaches now in general. Yeah, and you can also say. These things happen in phases. So, for instance, when Fergie and Wenger and all those, they were also new, shiny, young guys when they started in their manager. You know what I mean? And they were they were not as, I mean, they had experience. They had won things. But, I mean, at least on Fergie's side, Wenger was relatively fresh. I don't think he had done anything significant before he came to Arsenal. Um, but my point is, you know, you're never going to know, one, two, the club they go into determines everything. So, for instance, Juve, yeah, they have issues, but it's still, they still have stars. So, I feel like Juve is going to be exactly like Real and the Zizou, where they're going to win stuff. You know, they may get far in Champions League because maybe uh, Perlo is just going to be like that much of a figure on the bench that they're just going to work hard for him and get it done or whatever. Um, and it'll work out, but they have stars and the, the team's already good. In the case of us, unfortunately, United, I don't think it's a, a vibes in inshallah because I think, unfortunately for Solskjaer, things are just not working out and things are just not at optimum. If he went into, if he took over the 2013 team, in the, as, as the coach he is now, if he took over then, I wouldn't be surprised if they won again. And maybe he will start buying like the best players and then they'll just keep recycling. My point is that it depends on the team that you go into. So for someone like Socia, someone like Lampard, someone like all these young coaches that are not necessarily Arteta getting as well. Arteta, you know, then they're not getting into clubs that are ready made for them to succeed. But so we'll never really see how good they really are. But some people in other, I think it's just an England versus other places thing because, and honestly. Yeah, other than Juventus and all these other big teams, who else is going to hire an ex-player, you know, and, oh. and expect them to to, to 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 do very well? I, so, I I don't know. So so Barcelona just or, or are about to hire an ex-player, although he is one with coaching experience, exactly. albeit not experience that I think is any good. But <laughs> Ronald Koeman has I, I I tweeted this the other day. He has played the very very long game, right? Like everyone knew. This was the job he wanted, but he yeah. basically waited until Barcelona got shit enough that he was a legitimate candidate. Like that's <laughs> that's what's what's happened here, and he's finally getting the job. Even though he's actually done reasonably well with Holland, they've got a good young team. They've got the Euros coming up next year, and le- uh, let me say this: he will be Barcelona manager for one year at the most because Barcelona have elections, presidential elections, in 2021, and. Is it Sandro Rossell who's currently the president? No, it's Bartomeu. Bartomeu, Bartomeu, that's right. He's going to lose because he's running this club into the ground. He's going to lose unless there's some kind of, you know, Sepp Blatter, Florentino Perez style corruption, which let's not rule it out. But when he loses, the new guy um, is going to appoint a new manager. In fact, one of the the candidates has basically got Xavi on board. So if he wins the election, Xavi will be the manager. So like, Kuma knows this is one year at the most. What is he doing? So, Rache, what do yeah, you think about Rache? What do you think about Ronald Koeman? Because I know you have Barca anti-Barca <laughs> uh, well, thoughts. So I'm curious. Well, of course. I mean, let's let's not get carried away with the whole anti-Barca bias. Obviously, I've I've wanted them to lose big for a while now, and now they have, <laughs> and uh, it's out of my system. Um, but you know, as a younger lad, I would always take over Barca as my second favorite team and like championship manager 99, 2000, for example. Ew. So, um, yeah, no, um, they are, they're not well, well run as Alex has just documented out loud. Ronald Koeman is a great player. He's a Barca club legend. 
make no mistake about that. He was he was part of the dream team of 1992 when they won their first Champions League. He is, you know, the next great Dutch player to play for Barcelona after Johan Cruyff was. Um, and now him coming back to Barcelona is almost like kind of like a full circle thing for that generation of player. I think that, you know, one year is a bit harsh on Koeman. I think that they are at a crossroads now with Messi being really old and also having a bunch of shit players on their team. But I think Koeman will have at least, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd be a little bit more forgiving than one year. I'd say maybe three years. And, you know, if he doesn't win anything in three years, I mean, I'm sure he'll win some, you know, some junior pub trophies, like some Spanish Cup or Spanish Super Cup or something. I'm sure there's something to win. But, um, you know, after Koeman, a Xavi would make sense, in uh, my opinion. Just, just to jump in there, I think, I, I think the point is that whether Kuman is given a two or three year contract is really irrelevant depending on what happens in those elections. Because we've seen with Barcelona, the, when during the elections, presidents make promises, right? And I think what Alex is alluding to is whoever is coming in after Bartomeu because he's going to lose is going to make, make a promise. And that promise may be a player or be who he thinks should be manager. Because remember when Laporte first came in, his promise was David Beckham, actually. He won the elections on the wave that he'd bring Beckham in, couldn't do that, and brought Ronaldinho in. Um, and the fans, that's what they want. They want to hear some sweeping vision or whatever. And if that, if that includes Xavi, then they're, he's, they're not going to win. What, I, what I'm curious about is why didn't they go the Xavi? I mean, I don't think they should go for Xavi anyway. But why not Bartomeu be smart and go for Xavi now? He Give tried. himself a little bit. Did he try? He did. So he tried. He, he went in January. They, well, yeah, they tried to give Xavi the job in January, and Xavi said, I'm not going to be a manager under your stewardship. Oh, okay. So, Allegedly. Okay, so Xavi's saying, like, fuck off, Bartomeu. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Which is play. fair. Like, so I don't Javi like anything smart. Xavi says, but that's a completely fair stance. Yeah. Okay, Alex, why don't you like what Xavi says? I mean, oh, he doesn't say much. He says a lot. He's a fucking idiot. He's a footballing what? ideologue. He's, he's pretty racist, to be honest. Like he is. He's, yep. he's, is this he's, true? Yes. He's not a good human being. What? You know, I didn't especially when I heard the comments he made. I mean, I don't know. Don't I don't remember them by heart, but I remember hearing that he said some really stupid, like racist things, essentially. Holy cow, I didn't know about this. So Xavi cannot be manager in that case. <laughs> he, he basically did, you're right, Chimdi, I, I, I don't remember exactly what the quote is either, but he basically did the thing where you, that you see in, in like North American sports where he was like, he, he did the equivalent of like a black player can't be caught back. You know what I mean? Yep. It was yep. that kind of thing. I, I'll have to look for it because it was pretty bad. Yeah. I think it was something about the quality of players. They don't have the, their mind, the understanding, or these. The I guess the I don't want to say smartness. The the IQ for some something like that. Yeah, it was something along those lines. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, enough about Barcelona uh, and their potentially uh, racist new manager. Um, Lyon three, Manchester City one. Another big result in the Champions League. No one saw this coming. Rudy Garcia is not good at football management, but he somehow managed to defeat... Well, did he defeat Pep or did Pep defeat Pep? The, the standard narrative is that, that Guardiola, Guardiola overthought this. Uh, Bernie, do you, do you subscribe to that? Uh, yes and no. I subscribe to it because you're Manchester City. You shouldn't have to rearrange your formation to beat Leon. Um, but their defense is so trash that I think that Leon would have found ways to score regardless. Did I think Man City were going to win? Absolutely. I, I thought maybe it would end like a 4-2 or something like that. I thought City would score a bunch and uh, Leon would pick holes in the City defense because that's what they did even last year. Um, so that's, that was my expectation. But it could have ended that way if, if Raheem Sterling didn't miss an open net, <laughs> which was unbelievable. And... It brings me back to the thing that we say about Raheem Sterling, which is, is he a good player? Absolutely. Is he a world-class player? No, he's not. Is he a system player? Probably. Raheem Sterling does not have the composure to be an absolute dead cert world-class player. He doesn't have it. He misses a lot of chances, and he gets a lot. And to miss like that, in that moment, honestly, is criminal to me. It's, it's absolutely criminal to me. 
But then there's Ederson, who's also a, looks like a criminal and behaves like a criminal. <laughs> so, um, you know, wow. they were done by the manager as well. Yes, they were done by Leon as well, but they were done by themselves. So there's all ways around deserve to be out. Appreciate. I'd like to I'd like to chime in over here. Um, yeah, you know, I was <laughs> I was really watching uh, this game, and uh, you know, to see Rudy Garcia, he was like like coloring in a coloring book as they scored their first goal. He like actually didn't even know what happened, and just seeing him look up and then celebrate that was actually like probably the moment of the year for me. I'll give Guardiola credit for being his his own arch nemesis in this game, and I'll give Rudy Garcia the you know the momentum, fortune favors, the brave kind of thing as well. Um, Leon took their chances. Let's be real over here. They won this, they scored three goals against Man City. Um, you know, Man City made some disastrous errors and, you know, they lost, they threw the game away, but Leon took their chances. So I'm not going to say that it was a complete fluke. It was one way traffic. You know, Leon had at least three chances and they scored, you know, three goals. Sterling, you know, the point that Bernie brought up, I mean, he'll get you points as a fantasy player. Let's make no mistake about that. You have him in a fantasy team, he'll get you some points. They'll beat some crap team 8-0. He'll get a bunch of assists and goals. But then when it comes to these big moments, the moments that matter, he'll absolutely miss over the bar from the six-yard box. And that's the difference between Sterling and the player Sterling is supposed to be or should be or could have been. And I think Guardiola's done. I don't think he's ever going to win the Champions League again. Look at, what, look at how he just defeated himself in this game. Bold statement. Wow, I think, that, I, think, I think that's fair. Um, that he, I, I just think. Okay, I'm gonna say a few things. I think this Barcelona issue and Man City issue are kind of linked in that. You know, Tiki Taka is phasing out in the world stage. I think personally, mm-hmm. I think yeah, it's nice football. It looks beautiful. It works against teams that. You know, you can play around, but any team that's organized enough, strong enough physically and quick enough uh, on the offense can get you. Unfortunately, um, what's-his-face doesn't know how to change up things, doesn't want to change up his system. You know, I don't know why Mares didn't start this game. I don't know why um, who else came off the bench. Uh, Bernardo or freaking David Silva didn't start the game. Foden didn't even come you know, off the bench. I don't know who sent him to do three at the back with whatever the fuck type of... <laughs> sorry, I swore. No, uh, whatever, whatever kind of freaking formation that was. I don't know what kind of inspiration that... But, you know, why do you choose the semifinal or the quarterfinal to experiment? I don't get it. Why did he choose that moment to say, okay, I'm going to do something I haven't done in a while or... You know, play your game, play your usual formation, put every your best. And the same thing with social. Social. I mean, I think I have a funny feeling that Matic would have been in the box for any of those crosses that came in. Fred wasn't there. You know, that's just going back to my United's game, and we'll talk about that. I'm <laughs> sure soon. But like, you know, selection is like play your song, the strongest team, and play Mar. Why wasn't Mars on the field? Why wasn't at least one of the Silvers on the field? I, I don't get it. And yeah. that theory the back was just silly. You know, and, uh, yeah, and that's, that's the thing. Like, 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 there were a lot of individual errors. You know, Laporte gave the ball yeah. away for the first goal. Sterling missed. There, there were a lot of individual individual errors. Fraud. Ed, Edison's save in inverted commas was fucking ridiculous. Um, but, but equally, yeah, there was absolutely no reason for Guardiola to experiment here. He does overthink things. He does trip himself up in in Champions Leagues. Like we've seen this how many years in a row now? Five. He gets to like the quarterfinal and comes up against someone and he tries to be too clever, plays like nine midfielders, something. There's always something in the Champions League. And I think the problem is for him that the further away he gets from his last Champions League win, the more important it becomes to him. And so the more he overthinks it. And like, yeah, he plays 4-3-3, everyone in their usual position against Lyon, they'll probably win 4-1. I, it was it was bonkers, but I'm very happy for Lyon. Uh, so they now have the opportunity to get absolutely smashed by Bayern. <laughs> can, can, can I add to the Lyon thing? Um, so that um, Kakare or however you say his name, yeah, the centre midfielder, that young kid. What yeah. a performance he had! I was it was, and of course, Alex, you know me, Awar, however you say his name. I love that guy. Um, but Kakare was on. He was immense. I was very impressed, and you know. 
we slated Rudy Garcia, and I think that's fair, but he needs to get credit here. And this is a guy who's won Ligue 1, won the Coupe de France, Europa League runner-up in 2017-18. He's got something about him. Like, he's not a fraud. No. <laughs> well, he, but he's got yeah. something about him. So for, for people to not think that he has the, the, the tactical chops to pull something off, you know, I think that's a bit of a disservice. But, you know, not everyone can be vibes in Inshallah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look, he's beaten Juve and, uh, and City now in he, a row. He's done well. He yeah. will get smashed by Bayard, absolutely, but he's done well. You think he could have ever made it this far if there were two legs being played? No chance. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> the stars have aligned, I think. So. Yeah. I mean, frankly, I remember back to when Monaco beat City over two legs, and that was that was something else at the time. But that team was ridiculous with Mbappe and Bernardo and all those guys. So the last, so we got PSG uh, beating Atalanta 2-1. Um, heartbreak for Atalanta, Roche. I know you're extremely sad about that. And then also Leipzig 2-1 against Atleti. Um, these two games were, I don't know, there were similarities, the, the, except that, you know, Leipzig with the underdog and they won. Atalanta, the underdog, so nearly won. Um, Roche, you, you had a fervent reaction to the PSG victory. I love the way you stated that, a fervent reaction. Uh, yes, uh, I, I believe it, uh, I did have one of those. Um, I, I watched this game and, yeah, I don't know why I have to say I watched this game. Obviously, I watched this game. And I, I was really looking forward to Atalanta winning. A, because I don't like PSG. I don't like the way that they have these, uh, you know, unsportsmanlike antics ever since they beat Dortmund in the previous round where, you know, Neymar dives and gets uh, Emery Chan sent off. And then they all mock Holland's gold celebration. There was really, there's really no rivalry between PSG and Dortmund for them to kind of, kind of like do that. So, I, you know, I, I just couldn't stand that by PSG. Um, and then in this game, you know, Atlanta were winning. They were very creative. Neymar was doing his usual ball hog. He's a great player. Let's make no mistake about that. Um, but Atlanta, you know, I think they were unlucky in this game because their captain had to go off with injury early in the second half. And from that point on, PSG basically had control of the ball. And they just kept putting more and more pressure on. And once Mbappe came on late in the game, I think that was what really changed um, changed the fortunes because he was breaking in behind the defense. You saw a couple of red flags. And, you know, in the 90th minute, he he gets his chance to break in through and, um, you know, break Atalanta's hearts. At that point, they have no legs. And, um, you know, 2-1, 90 and 93rd minute winner for PSG. I was just so heartbroken for Atalanta. I, I really thought they deserved that victory, given that they've played so well this season. They scored over 90 goals in the league. They, they, they've beaten some big teams this year in Europe. They were one, they were this close to being in the semifinals. What a story that would have been! And the dark, the 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 evil force PSG had to be evil and ruin their joy. And and the celebration pictures, if you I I don't know about you guys, but personally, when I saw Thomas Tuchel celebrating and 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 screaming like that, I couldn't stand it. I really couldn't stand it. It made me angry. On his one leg. <laughs> I was going to say it was both a one-legged tie and they had a one-legged manager. Wow, that's uh, that's actually true. Yes, I really wish PSG crashed. <laughs> I think they don't deserve that. I think they're lucky they had the quality to come on. I I don't think Mbappe would have played if they were like running away with the game. They had him come on. Obviously, he changed things. Um, Herrera, I just laugh laugh when he's on the field. But uh, whatever, he did well, but he's he didn't contribute anything. But whatever. Uh, but Neymar is an excellent player, and he did what he had to do. Chupomoting, scoring the goal is just laughable, but whatever. Um, but Atlanta, Atlanta was – I mean, for all the goals they scored throughout the season, though, they sh- I thought that their offensive play should have been more, like, fire. They didn't really put PSG – I pegged them back as much as, you know, I thought that they, they might have. It wasn't as back and forth as it, it should have been. Uh, they scored one goal and then they rested on that Laurel, I think. And they allowed PSG walk walk right back into it. So, Is that a sign of just how important um, stable relationships are in this day and age? 
because uh, you know Ilicic. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> he, he, he didn't play because of depression, and he is central to how that team attacks and creates chances for Zapata and Co. Right, so that, I think so how, how that might be why. I think it's been away a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. Um, so so he, if anyone doesn't know the story, basically, well, allegedly, I, who knows exactly how true this is, but he what returned home to find his wife in bed with another man and has been depressed about that ever since. And then the semi-final that his team has to play is against Mauro Icardi. <laughs> did, did, did you hear Triggering, what her excuse man. Was? Triggering. You hear what her excuse was? Oh, God. What? It wasn't me. What? No, it wasn't. <laughs> No, I made that up. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, like, he's a footballer. There's no way he doesn't have, like, a nest or a Like, was know, he home. trying to surprise her and she didn't know he was coming home? That's that's weird. I mean, it, also, it happened. lockdown. Uh, dude, I Good mean. Good point in Bergamo, too. Wow. What Was it, was it I mean, did they play after Sierra ended? Um, I, I'm guessing he went back to, where is he from? Uh, Serbia, 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 right? Serbia or one of the Balkan nations. From so yeah. she doesn't live with him in Italy, which is I find weird. But but he's been there for a while, right? So maybe that's that's weird. That's a, a red flag for me. <laughs> but, but okay. Um, but yeah, poor guy, man. But I mean, man up, my man. I mean, come on, play ball, get your mind off it. I know I'm just playing, but that that's messed up. <laughs> I mean, diff, different people react differently to, to this yeah. kind of thing. I remember, like when when Aurier's brother got shot a couple of months ago, and he was yeah. in the gate. Like he decided to play, and it was yeah. like the next day. And I was like, I can't, well, I cannot believe this. But listen, man, whatever gets you through, you know. Yeah, and you know, it's. I think that I think that has a lot to do with it. But then, to me, it, it shows something that I didn't think that Gasparini and Atalanta had in them, which was for long portions of the game, they defended really well. Yeah. Um, you know, they got outdone by essentially Neymar's brilliance at the end and coming in clutch with the creativity side of it. But all in all, they defended really well. And I didn't expect that in this game. I expected a shootout. I yep. didn't expect a KG um, sort of game. So for Atalanta to have defended for that long, I, I was impressed. But, you know, ne- Neymar came to the fore. Like they they live and die by Neymar, which to me is unacceptable when he spent a billion, whatever it is, right? Like I don't care if De Maria is injured. Like Draxler, they bought for big money. Don't um, talk about Draxler. Well, you know, I, I don't I don't rate him, but like you did spend the big money on him, right? So for me, it's you spend all this money and then you're just and uh, what's his name was on the pitch? What's his name? Icardi was on the pitch. Wow, wow, no. But it's just, you can't just live and die by Neymar. You cannot do that after spending all this money. And that's the only thing that makes me wonder if they get to go and play Bayern in the final, which we're assuming they're going to do. Neymar has to have the game of his life, which is very, very capable of because he's one of the best players in the world. But you're, it's going to be Neymar against a system. No, Listen. Neymar and Mbappe against a system. But wait, is, is, is Icardi... Uh, sorry, is... um. Uh, what's his? Oh God, I had his name on my lips. <laughs> oh my God, Cavani, the the midfielder that's injured, Verratti. So Verratti and De Maria injured, and they're probably not going to recover for the final either, right? If they make it, I don't I'm think Verratti sure. will play. I don't know about De Maria. I, I don't think. I don't know why Guerrero is playing. And they get like. smashed. I, I I want I want their best lineup, and I want them to lose six 0 to Bayern in the final, and I want okay. them to cry and scream. Okay. <laughs> okay, hang on, hang on, lads, lads, lads. There are a lot of assumptions going on right now. And I, I want to bring it back a second because RB Leipzig beat Atleti 2-1. Mm-hmm. And RB Leipzig personally felt like watching a team from the future. Like, they were sensational. And I don't think it is a guarantee at all that PSG are going to beat this side. Bernie, you want to talk about Neymar against the system? Like... RB Leipzig are a system. You know, without Werner especially, there is not, you know, a star name there. They are a system of absolute robots. And they they play, honestly, uh, I'll say it again, it felt like football from the future. They played 3-6-1, the three centre-backs all tight together. Um, Palmacano was unbelievable at the back, 21 years old. They had, uh, what was it? What's the the guy's name who played right in front of the defence? Kempel or whatever his name is? Sabitzer. No, no, no. He was a bit further forward. Anyway, they, they had a guy who's play, playing just in front of the back three, and he was unbelievably dynamic. Um, 
it was just a, an absolutely wonderful game to watch. And I, I think they are going to give PSG an absolute run for can their I, money. I don't know can what I, I uh, just, just to say, and, and, and I know you guys are not going to enjoy what I'm about to say right now, um, but I, I, I thought, yes, they did play a very innovative system. Absolutely give them that. Um, but you're playing it like this is Atletico Madrid who have no attacking forte whatsoever especially this season they've been absolutely disgusting so I'm not I'm not entirely sure like I I can't rate what I saw because I expected an Atleti 1-0 win sure but I, I didn't expect it to be Lorente and Diego Costa up front I expected you know Joao Felix or uh, Morata but they play like Simeone played essentially a it's looking like a 4-4-2 with Lorente up front or 4-4-1-1. Like, Lorente, yep. I'm sorry. That's not enough to trouble this futuristic, you know, the uh, formation that we're talking about. I can't judge it. I can't say that they're going to give PSG that hard a time when I know what Mbappe and Neymar are, po- are capable of doing against people. That's that's just, it's very hard for me. That's, that's what I'm saying. Oh, Bernie, no, don't forget about Chupa Moting and um, Marquinhos. Because, you know, <laughs> For PSG, those are the goal scorers, Marquinhos and Chupamoteng. They're, they're good players, man. They're good players. No, I, 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 so. I, I, I do take your point, Bernie, and I did find it a little bit funny that, like, while RB did play a very innovative system, they could have played literally any formation. It wouldn't have made that much difference because Atleti just sat in their box and, like, occasionally attacked. But we we said it after the game, um, and I want to get Chimdi's thoughts on this. Diego Simeone, enough is enough? Uh, well, who else are they going to get to make them? I mean, I think they're... Pochettino. No, it's not going to work. No, I, I think, I mean, they're too indoctrinated in what Pochettino stands for to do anything else. I mean, it'll take them a while to get out of the funk of... of Simeone? I, I think. I think you got to start sometime, right? Yeah, you're, you're right, but is this... I mean, I guess you got to pick a time and just do it, but... I don't know, I, but I get. I guess that that could actually work. Pochettino is not averse to. He doesn't have the same issues, right? I mean, well, where was he before? Espanol. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's the reason why he doesn't want. He can do Barca. Yeah. Right. He's okay. made comments to that effect. I don't know if. As in Madrid, is that what is that what it is? Espanol is a Madrid team, right? No, Espanol is the other team in Barcelona, which is why he said oh, he, really? he's previously said that he wouldn't, think he were... wouldn't take the Barcelona job. Okay, well, either way, uh, I think Simeone stays. I don't, I don't see any reason why they should get rid of him. Honestly, like, what do you? How do you get? I don't. I don't think. I mean, unless I mean, how many players of theirs right now are being looked at internationally for like to be sold? But from Partey, who else? No, I mean, I mean, you're right. They they have players that that I would buy personally, but I know what you mean. But My I, point is, are they clearing personally. them out? And if they're not, if they're not clearing them out, then you're stuck with the same group of players. It's going to be difficult next season if you change right now. It's going to be a bad season, guaranteed. So I I would be wary about that. But you're, I mean, it has to happen sometimes. So I guess they guys have to pick pick bite their teeth and and do it. But I wouldn't do it right now. No. Fair enough. Fair okay. enough. All right. That's a uh, that's a, a comprehensive Champions League roundup. Um, we'll see what happens in the semis. Um, but let's move on to to the end of the show. <laughs> the competition that you all absolutely loved until ten minutes ago, the Europa League, where Manchester United lost their third semi final of the season under genius manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, two one to Sevilla. Why now, do you have to do that? I will say. <laughs> Because I've put up with enough this season, Jimmy. I will say that, you know, Sevilla have the cheat code to the Europa League. It doesn't matter who the manager is. They they change half their squad every season. They still manage to get to the Europa League final, whatever happens. But, uh, you know, someone someone tell me what happened here. What went wrong for Man United? What went right for Sevilla? Who wants to start? I'll, 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 I'll start. Um, first of all... I, I think first thing that uh, Jimmy said was kind of right. A lot of, pe- Fred, a lot of people say Fred had a good performance, but I think Matthew should have started. He despi- did. The, he despite did, despite yeah. that for me, because he drops into the centre-back position and creates three centre-backs when they're being um, attacked, which is a social tactic. So I don't know why he went away from that, overthinking it again. But However, if that doesn't win you a penalty, what's the use? No use at all. <laughs> uh, but again, 
United actually should have won this game in the first half. There was the penalty, of course, um, which was fair. Fred missed a sitter. Martial missed a sitter for him in the first half. Yep. And Sevilla, even in the second half, the first 20 minutes of that second half, there were four chances they should have scored. I don't, I don't buy this keeper did a, did a worldy thing. They should have scored. Sevilla did not come to play. They had three shots on target and two of them were goals that should have been cleared by United's woeful defending on the day. So United legitimately threw this thing away in a game where they were the better team. And it's annoying. It's just annoying because they were so dumb. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for the most part, it was hit on the head there. I would just like to add that, you know, as much as I love Brandon Williams, young Brandon Williams, the 19-year-old, I really don't think that he is the replacement to Luke Shaw, even though Luke Shaw himself has, you know, been under fire in his time at United. I thought that under Solskjaer in the last 15 to 20 games, Luke Shaw was one of our best players, one of our most stable players. And the second he went out injured, um, all of a sudden, we were dropping points in the run-in with, um, you know, draws, conceding goals in the last minute. And I did a deep dive into our highlights. I, you know, who's at fault? How are these balls being lost? Um, you know, you look at the FA Cup semifinal. Brandon Williams, for me, you know, was the weak link in our team. As much as I, you know, have uh, heartstrings for him, he was the weakest link. Um, once again, over here in this game, Brandon Williams was the weakest link, you know, for the header for Sevilla's first goal. Brandon Williams out jumped, um, you know, for their second goal, Brandon Williams side, he was undone, you know, the cross came in, um, you know, it, it's, it's too much of a step up for someone coming straight out of the youth academy, put in three good games, and then all of a sudden be asked to be part of the first team lineup. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, you know, maybe he should be loaned out. Maybe United should look at a bit, a bit of uh, depth in, um, you know, the defensive position, maybe one more defender. Um, and I think some other areas of the field that they might need strengthening as well. But I'll leave that for Bernie and Chimdi to chime in on. I think I think you're a little bit too harsh on Brandon. I agree that though he should not be our left replacement, left back or backup left back going forward. I think he's a right back by heart, by nature. Problem is that he has Ethan Lear in front of him. So even between between AWB, TFM. Timothy Fosumensa and Leard, he's not going to get to right back, you know, unless they just decide, you know, he's probably better. But honestly, I think the, the culpable person today, and if, if it, I might be harsh or whatever, was AWB for both goals. First goal, he didn't track his man. I don't know what he thought he was doing. I don't know if he thought, okay, I'm just fast enough. I'll get back to him like he usually does. But he did not get back. He was and, complaining and he, about the throw-in. I doesn't. Uh, my point is, he he switched off. He just let it go, and Agreed. that that doesn't make any sense. He and honestly, he he looked lethargic all game. Like if you watch his highlights, I guarantee you, you see several things that he should have done. And maybe it's just he was a Crystal Palace last year. He didn't play this many games. He doesn't know how it feels to play this many games. He's still getting used to that kind of thing. Maybe I will give him that. But the, that goal was his fault. The other one, too, I understand that Lindelof is a central defender and is the one in the position to probably head the ball. But if you think about it, Maguire goes to try to help, what's his name? Brandon. Uh, Brandon. He didn't get there fast enough, whatever, or he couldn't get <laughs> he there before the cross. <laughs> right? Right? Fine. Whatever. But he stepped in. The next thing is for Lindelof to step, Right naturally the right back is supposed to step and be there also so it should have been two of them in the central defensive positions awb tracked him tracked him tracked him then at the center circle i don't know if he thought maybe Lindelof was going to come back and get get hit the man he was tracking or whatever but he literally just stood there and left him and actually he started going towards the penalty like the 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 the, the, the d as opposed to sticking to the man literally that two seconds he left him alone the ball came in and he kicked it like there's no excuse yeah, I, I'm just, I know what you're going to say, and I hate you for it, Alex. <laughs> I know you're um, it, it might have been AWB's fault, maybe, but um, but Bruno Fernandes took it out very much on Victor Lindelof, and I've been watching their little argument on loop for the last 24 hours. Th that's fine. Um, <laughs> someone tell me what happened with that little spat. I, I, I think I the think... breeders have suggested that Lindelof said some very tasty things. Yes, Lindelof said, fuck off you motherfucker. Essentially in Spanish, he said something de puta, which is what I saw. But, but like, I understand that, but that's because Lindelof, I mean, he's not going to go Barker AWB. I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. But I, if you watch the tape, Maybe on the field he didn't see what AWB did, but in all truth, 
AWB should not have left the man to go. Like, I understand that you're probably going to defer to your teammate who you think may be covering, but you can't just assume that. You can't just do literally stop and stop. Like, you can't. Like, if he was there, literally, his foot would have been there. And again, this is another thing I'm say, uh, I would say. Again, as I said before, Matic would have been in between Maguire and Lindelof, and maybe this would not have happened at all. You know, in the, in the other one, too, the low cross, the amount, the amount of times Matic or Shaw, if he was on plane, would have been there to kick that ball away to the corner at the very least. Those two guys do that a lot. Whenever we get low crosses like that, that always, almost always beat Maguire, almost always beat Lindelof. Someone on the, is always on the end of it. And Shaw was always good at that. Shaw was always good at recovering for this kind of things. But um, and Matic is always there to sweep up things too, but none of them were there today. I, I, think, I think AWB that, was culpable, and I think the strikers should have finished eating their food today. Rashford was so annoying today, but well, yesterday, but whatever. I, I, I think I think what I think what what this really shows is if you look at Inter Milan today, who won five nothing, right? Um, having a deep squad because we we wonder why Conte just buys a bunch of people, right? Because I think he bought. 10 players or something this season something like that well, something like that and some of them were like what are you doing bro like like what are you doing i don't even know who like some of these guys are that they're buying but then we know the ashley youngs and the victor moses and we're wondering why but it's options right and it's options that that he can bring on and he can utilize as he sees fit so united don't even have that really because no substitution was made until 86 minutes though i think they should have been but th- that said, I'm using this to talk about Inter at the same time. You know, there's there are two things that, that Inter do really well, which is A, they, when they're supposed to win a game, they win a game. And B, they just have a big squad and a manager who is relentless about winning. Whereas United have a manager who's relentless about developing and vision, which is fine with me. But Inter want to win now because they're tired of being second to Juve. And they might do that next season, not this season, as Alex pre- falsely predicted. Um, I was one uh, point off, man. That was oh, that you were one. You were one point off only because Juve said fuck it. Like you, you know that as much as I do. Yeah, but Juve saying fuck it and being generally lackadaisical was part of my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I, I I appreciate the 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 comparison. Um, I think when you look at it, and and there's a question that I want to ask you guys quickly before we move on. Um, but, you know, Conte comes into Inter, he has a ton of leverage. That's why he's getting the signings that he's asking for. Because not everyone gives Conte everything he wants. You saw that with Chelsea. He wanted all, all these different guys, and Abramovich was like, here, have a, have a Zappa Costa. And Conte's like, well, fuck that, I'm off, right? And, uh, and Inter are giving him what he wants because he has so much leverage there. Solskjaer is obviously in a different position. He's not going to be as demanding as to work with the club. Um, but clearly the club has, has said, right, we will try and get you Jaden Sancho, right? <laughs> and I don't want to get into the Sancho thing because it'll happen, it won't happen, whatever, we'll, we'll see. I still think it probably will. But to the point about squad depth, if you have $100 million to spend this summer, does this game not say to you, maybe don't buy Sancho, maybe you need three or four? Or does it say to you, get that one guy and, and that will be enough? I think that... If you if you look at it right, and we go, if I only had a hundred million to spend, do I buy Sancho? Just me personally, with my FM mentality, no, I don't. I go and get like Douglas Costa on loan, though he's injured, and then I buy a, another centre back to partner Maguire and uh, a, a midfielder to give Bruno a break. That's what I do based on my FM mind. I understand why you get Sancho because he's a generational talent. He literally mm-hmm. is. Like he is literally. <sighs> He's scary. What twenty assists, twenty goals, something like that. He's scary good. It, it's it's mm-hmm. Mbappe levels, with, like, but from a attacking winger, creative winger type of thing. It's that mm-hmm. scary. So I understand the logic of going all in on that. I get it. I wouldn't do it, but I absolutely get it. But to the point, if he's looking at his bench and he's saying, "There's nothing I can do here," <laughs> you know, you have to get more depth in the squad. And and if Inter are going to spend all that money to support um, Conte, you know he wants social wants he's just not going to get it. So what's the wise thing to do? I think that's that's the, the question. Right? I, I think I think personally they go all out for Sancho, but I think they can also still make sensible little deals here and there. The question is how much are they willing to outlay all at once? And that's where 
the naive fan, the fan that doesn't really bother to to know how these things work, things that, you know, I understand why they're trying to haggle down as much as they can for that initial payment for Sancho. Because think about it like this. If they go 75 million and we have a, let's say we have a cash in hand to spend of 100 million, we hope to make 50 million from somewhere else, right? To, to add to that, right? If you go spend 75 million maybe on Sancho, you still have 75 to spend on two other people. And I think, personally, I don't know why we're not jumping all over Jamal Lewis, who Norwich left to, to sorry, who Liverpool didn't pursue. If you just go pay Norwich what they want for that, which hopefully won't pass 25 million, and then look for someone else in the 50 million um, range um, um to bolster the, the the midfield somehow. I don't think Villa's going to come down from 50, from 70 million, but I mean, hopefully they do. Or maybe you can take that one to October or whatever, but that's what I would do. I think Sancho, like you said, Bernie, is, is key. He is generational. The benefits of having him now versus trying to haggle for him next year are like tremendous. So better just do it now and then do whatever else you can do in the window and call it a day. But Fair the Europa, Europa League final is... Well, not United. It's Inter and uh, Sevilla. Who yep. do you guys have? Crochet? I have Inter. <clears throat> sorry, I have Inter uh, 2 0 win against Sevilla. I've been calling it for days. Yeah, I think, I think, I think. Honestly, I just want Sevilla to win. I don't fucking want United. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want young Sanchez and freaking Lukaku to carry. <laughs> Medals after leaving us. You don't I want mean, the Lukaku banter. No, I mean it is what it is. He's doing his thing over there. He was the how Ole wants to play is not with that kind of striker. We, we know, we know, we know. So <laughs> it is what it is. It, he left. He's happier now. We're happier without him. So it's whatever. Um, but I, in all honesty, I think hopefully Sevilla can do the magic again and get it. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have a prediction other than that. I will say Inter have a history of bottling things big time. Not Conte, and, though. Uh, even Conte, to some extent, he bottled the FA Cup final against Arsenal. He bottled the league, arguably, this season. I don't know. Uh, it's, he, he's not. He, he's a domestic god when it comes to you know the league, but I'm not sure in, in cup competitions. Um and Sevilla, as I said, do have the have the cheat code to this competition. So I'm not ruling anything out here. I'll sit firmly on the fence. Get the splinters out of your ass, Alex. I know, right? Um, okay, Roche, you have devised a game. We want to play it. Tell us what it is and how do we play it. All right, I'll make some intro music. Dun, 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 dun. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> welcome to the game. It's a very simple game. All the players are Bernie, Chimdi, and Alex. And, of course, all our listeners. And it's very simple. You have absolute authority over a club. I tell you a name of a player, and you have three, or three choices on what your decision is with that player. You can either loan that player out of your club or loan your, that player into your club. So the loan goes two ways. Or you can sign the player on a five-year deal. Or you kill the player. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> But wait, with the loan in or out, how can it be both? Because, uh, you know, the player might not necessarily be at your club already. But if he is at your club, you can loan him out. Okay, we'll oh, go see. see how it works. Okay. I, I, I don't get it, loan but let's is see. Loan. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. G- g- give us a name. All right. We're going to start with Lionel Messi. I mean, I think that's an obvious kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah who wants to go okay so Alex I, I'm joking uh, obvious obviously five year deal really even at this age yeah man it's Leo Messi yeah, I'm, wow, giving okay. him, I'm, I'm giving him a five year deal too really nah nah I'm giving him a loan a loan <laughs> out eh because I feel like he should still retire at Barcelona I think if he wants to experience the Premier League just give him one year see what it's about score as many goals as you can say that you conquered it and then go back to Barcelona so wait, okay. so so Chimdi wants to give Messi a bit more game experience. No, 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 no because think, think 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 about it like this. If you think about it in real world context, right? If 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 the president is going to be voted out, new person comes in, Zavi's going to come in next year, 
why not take this year off? Explore, do do a, a year abroad. You know? <laughs> study abroad. Year abroad. <laughs> study abroad. See what it's about, and then go back home. For yeah, real. Sure. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I, actually, guys, I I need to modify the rules. I, I, it has to be a loan out only. Right. Okay. That okay. makes more sense. Yeah. All right. That's it, fine. it makes more sense now. Should we should we start over or no no keep going keep going keep from from this point on it's uh, loan out. Okay, my choice is obviously kill because I'm done with him. He's an HGH fraud. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, okay, let's go with a more recent player, a player who's hot right now. Okay. Joseph Ilicic. Uh Kill him. Loan him back to his wife. <laughs> uh, how old is he? 30, 32. 32. Yeah, kill him. I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> okay wow i didn't expect uh, such a swift death <laughs> oh my god this um, is so morbid <laughs> very good okay moving on to the next player let's go with jesse lingard kill him oh mate loan him out. murder loan him out loan him out loan him out okay, i like we jesse. Got, we got one loan <laughs> loan him out oh man. okay you know what I'll, I'll, I'll revise only because i know he's going through hard personal times so loan him out and and then whatever happens after that happens. Don't know, man. Death might be the kindest option. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rich, okay, here, what's here's, left? Here's a good one. Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, I don't know why this is tough, but five years in jail five for years. rape. Five years, yeah. <laughs> Pilots, what the fuck? <laughs> what, man? <sighs> um, kill. Five year yep. deal. I'll five send deal. I'll send him on loan to uh, Qatar. <laughs> As in PSG or the league? No, no, like, like Qatar. Or like Qatar. Al-Sad. Okay. Okay, moving on to the next player. <clears throat> uh, Jamie Vardy. Ooh, five-year deal. Yeah, five-year deal, I think. He's got, he's got legs in him. The guy's in his thirties. Uh, he can be my backup striker. Load him give, give him a few, give him a few uh, uh, wings from uh, Red Bull, <laughs> and he's good. Yeah, I, I loan him out. He, he's too old for a five-year deal. Does he not need to sign for RB Leipzig? Like he just needs to <laughs> sign for a Red Bull team. And exactly. Get all the Red Bull he ever wanted. <laughs> loan him out to Red Bull Salzburg. Not okay. Leipzig, yeah, bro. yeah. Fair enough. I changed my yeah. Loan him. All right, all right. Here's a good one. Roberto Firmino. Nah, deal for me nah, to have. nah, I gotta kill him. Kill. Yeah, gotta, wow, kill. I, I have to be consistent with my hate. Gotta kill him. Yeah. Is that three kills? No, I, I give him a five year deal. Oh, wow, that's wild. Like Rache, we know the logical thing is a five year deal, but we're not. We're not here for that. Nope. <laughs> we're not here for that. I don't know. I'd argue that I could loan him out. I mean, you know, if we talk about his stats this season, he's come under a lot of fire. You know, loan would probably be my option. Kill, kill or loan for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, one more, one more. Give us one more. All right, grand finale um, for this week, of course. Hmm. Okay. Tammy Abraham. Ooh. Loan. Five-year yeah. deal. Yeah. Okay, can I give deal? him a five-year deal and then send him on loan? No. I, I, oh. He's already been on loan many times for me, so... so he should be used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Let him pick the team he wants to go back to, and then he goes there. <laughs> I, I feel, even though I hate on Frank, I feel like he's done well enough to get a five-year deal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like Tammy. Too. Yeah. I like Tammy. That's All cool. right, thank you. That was fun. Uh, yeah. Chimdi, thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. A pleasure as always. Rache, Bernie, I'm sorry about your, your semi-final loss, but I'm confident that you will both get it, over it. it. We will get over it. And uh, Alex, I will talk to you on Thursdays only. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just keep my phone off for the rest of the week. <laughs> All right, lads. Okay, bye. Thank you very much. Right, talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Peace. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. 
Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. 